Hello, and welcome to Composerscape, episode 14. And Whoa. here we are. Yeah, we're going to talk about all sorts of things. Um, uh, and we're, we're going to dive in. We're going to start off by talking about just kind of what's going on, because we've been like talking about literally, well, it's going to be kind of funny how we start, but we've been talking about Marvel and DC for, for a few weeks now, because let's face it, a lot's been going on. We had Justice League, um mm. Falcon Winter Soldier, WandaVision, movie announcements, mm. trailers, and it's all been very focused on those two things. Um, Godzilla versus Kong hit, and um, it's a popcorn movie. It The fights were amazing. Um, yes, they were. Someone had the idea to literally, if they're going to make another one, let, you know, why have people in it at all? <laughs> Just have the monsters fighting the whole time. It's most of what that movie was. The mm-hmm. scenes of uh, Hong Kong getting annihilated, right? Thankfully, oh, you didn't actually crazy. see any people. Yeah. Uh, the Kong coming down with his um, his World of Warcraft weapon to uh, yeah, right to strike down Godzilla. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, that was a uh, yeah. I think a lot of the people who didn't like the movie were uh, Team Kong people. I think that's bad marketing to do that. They did that with. Uh, Batman v Superman, where it's like, what team are you on? And that way, and when you do that, when you market it that way and your team loses, then you, I think it might paint how you feel about the movie. But I can only say that because there was no way I wanted Godzilla to lose. (laughs) Was there a loser? Other than the, I'm not going to spoil it. They had to, um, Not that there's much plot to spoil there. Let's be honest. They had to jumpstart Kong's heart. So he did technically, he did, he was technically dying. So I would say, yeah. Okay. I'll say this. And they tried to keep it from being a spoiler because they're like, who will be the king? Right. And they Mm. called it Kong versus Godzilla or Godzilla versus Kong, not Godzilla versus King Kong. But I will say this King Kong, yes, Godzilla. So that he kind of wins automatically. But I did like the uh, emotion they can get in these CGI creatures now is, is pretty insane to me. Like the way that is they impressive. each other was. Um, yeah. It always makes me think of the de-aged scenes. We recently rewatched Ant-Man and the Wasp and mm-hmm. um, God, I, I, we have so many spoilers in this show. If you've seen it through the end of the um, most recent season of Mandalorian, huge cameo by an actor there that was de-aged, made them look younger and Marvel. <laughs> Oh, have done that can, several times, right? Yeah, that's past the. I don't even have to mention spoilers for Mandalorian. You can't. Yeah, that was the, the Mark Hamill, mm-hmm. which brings us around to um, Sebastian Stan. And if you follow Mark Hamill on Twitter, him and Sebastian Stan have hit off of quite the friendship because fans have been casting Sebastian Stan to anytime they want to show Luke Skywalker again because oh, he looks so. There is a photo. Yeah. Um, where he and it's and they took the uh, a um, Sebastian. Yeah, I haven't oh, seen that. Stan, Luke. Let's try that. Um, and there's his photo, and here it is, right off. Someone took the famous uh, Empire Strikes Back, and that's that's <laughs> both of them. Isn't that crazy? That is uh, impressive. Mark Hamill. Mark Hamill on the right. I mean, left, and Sebastian Stan on the right. Mm-hmm. And then, um, interesting about the de-aging, and as evil as, um, well, not, I don't want to say evil, evil's a weird term, as dangerous as uh, deep fakes are, someone 
replaced the Mandalorian footage in like less than a day using deep fake technology of Mark Hamill instead of the de-aging of whatever they did. And it looks real. It looks 100% better than the scene we got in the Mandalorian. So it's crazy. You should, you should, you should search for that one. Okay. So they use de-aging. I mean, and they use a uh, deep fake technology instead of the de-aging. Yeah. Well, it looks more natural. The same. His eyes focus and. It's very similar technology. You've got mm-hmm. some kind of CGI that's got a map of facial features and expressions and the eye move, muscle movements and all that stuff. And they, assuming they have an algorithm or something that programs all that stuff in and they get an actor, right? Someone in in one of those mm-hmm. screen type motion capture suits and then they're just pasting all of that into the scene. Right. And that's uh, the de-aging that, like, and the deep fake uses AI and that's why it comes out being a little more realistic in the end. Okay. <clears throat> I have no Another idea. Another thing they did about. in um, Mandalorian that was really cool is um, and the way they can film these things that look like you know, fe- feature movies is they use a, a LED backdrop. Ah. And in essence, it they don't have to like do the green screen and all that and the post-production. They can do it all at the same time. They're in the scenes. The actors can react with the scenes. And a lot of people are like, even Zack Snyder in the uh, Justice Con was this weekend. He mentioned mm. he got to test out the LED and showed like on his phone a little clip of something he did. And it looks like his kid is in, in Australia. Oh, but wow. I know they use that in Mandalorian a lot. So that's going to make, that's opening the door to all of these things being more commonplace. These big, you don't have to spend $300 million to make something look like it spent $300 million on. (laughs) That's handy. Um, But yes, that ending scene in Mandalorian. And there's another universe. We, we, uh, it's going to be coming soon because I I think we're getting Obi-Wan at some point less than a year from now, right? Well, I know we're getting the book of Boba Fett. It was promised in December. I don't know if it's actually happening, but it was. Um, what is, do we have a release date? For Obi-Wan? So. For Obi-Wan. I don't think there's a release date for that yet. Um, okay. Can't wait. Um, yeah. We were talking before we started rolling, um, just kind of shotgun in here, bouncing around to stuff that is... Um, Things we hope to see most of this, we're definitely going to see before the end of 2021 and what we have to look forward to at the conclusion of Falcon and Winter Soldier, um, movies that are forthcoming. Don't want to get too um, hooked like you opened up talking about DC and Marvel necessarily. Um, Loki is the next show that's coming out. I think we mentioned that in the last episode, the mm-hmm. trailer for which is kind of mind blowing. And we're just about a month and a half away from that. Yeah. Um, that looks like it's going to be amazing. Um, I think army so, of the dead comes out around the same time. If you're into the zombie things, it looks like it's going to be fantastic. <clears throat> hmm. Um, of course, black widow uh, being the next film we're expecting in the MCU. If you haven't seen the trailers for that, it looks Amazing. Um, Something that has received, I think, very little traction, um, at least with some of the blogs and websites and stuff that I followed. Nobody's really been talking about the forthcoming Shang-Chi movie. Um, And Oh, yeah. Here's an article right here. I mean, this is a character that, in my opinion, I hate to call like a C-list 
um, Marvel character. They really are starting to dig into these rosters. And, and well, some it worked of the, with their first big film. <clears throat> I mean, Iron well, Man was B-listed best when they made that movie. Um, I mean, he's always been. I had not heard of the him. original Avengers. Have you? Right. You, you you're saying you had not heard of Iron well, Man. Well, no, I had heard vaguely, <laughs> but I had never been like it wasn't like Iron Man showed up a lot and like. Okay. Not like the X Men or Spider Man or the Hulk. So in, instead of okay. doing a um, Captain America movie <clears> first, <throat> or a uh, well, they couldn't do the X Men. So I guess uh, or um, you know Captain Marvel. That would have been that would have been actually kind of impressive if they did Captain Marvel first. Honestly, <laughs> that's yeah. a female movie. But yeah, yeah. Well, uh, I think to me, I'm going to shoot my opinion off here i can get some angry emails about it um shang chi has always been one of these characters that either i think people either confuse with the iron fist or maybe he's in danny ran the iron fist shadow or the whole um world and the cast of characters and all these factions that we got exposed to with the um, marvel run on the netflix shows that include the Hell's Kitchen crew, the Defenders, the Hand, um, Kun Lun and Danny Rand and the Iron Fist, Daredevil, Elektra. You get you get all this faction, and Shang Chi, um, you know, is is essentially going to come into the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Maybe I don't know this for a fact, but maybe because the MCU doesn't yet have the rights, or because that show, the Netflix shows, are still so recent that they decided to move forward with this character um, um, versus um, isn't uh, yes with this, but isn't, but when they announced this, it was back in 20 it says joined. I don't know if this, this is not verified Chang Chi account. So I'm not certain that this is real, but it says September three. Huh? Yeah, that's not right. But no, um, the uh, Matt Murdock and uh, of course here it is the weekly forgetting an actor's name. Isn't he supposed to be in the next Spider-Man movie? Who? The- Daredevil. Well, not necessarily Daredevil, but oh, definitely Charlie Matt Cox. Murdock. Yeah, Charlie, Charlie Cox. Cox. That would be fantastic. Didn't, didn't we hear that? Fans, fans have been clamoring for that ever since the with the success of the Netflix show, and he was fantastic. Um such a good show i know the the quality and some of the writing um flagged on a couple of those shows right it had some some strong points and some weak points um at least in my opinion uh we felt like the daredevil show was fantastic the jessica jones stuff was really good especially the first season with david Tennant as the villain he was amazing um but uh yeah the charlie cox Luke did Cage such a two. fantastic um yeah also good so um, that would be great. And I don't know that I have read any kind of confirmation of that. No. Uh, we can, uh, uh, well, you know, out. you're never going to get confirmation with Marvel unless they <clears throat> actually cast it. Or something like that. Yeah, here's some um, something from Screen Rant, an article from January. Um, Daredevil star Charlie Cox reportedly wraps filming, filming on MCU Spider-Man 3. Um, reportedly. <laughs> he's been he's been quiet. Um, um, 
but yeah, that that show is the first one to um, for Netflix's um, exclusivity to wrap up was it was two years after the show ended. Netflix had exclusive rights. That one was the first. Um, I think everything's clear now except um, uh, what, let's see the last two to wrap up were Punisher and Jessica Jones. Um, yes. Yeah, the, the, I think, the, I think the in the next few months or so, and they really, they absolutely, for me, they, they, they killed um, the second or the last season of Jessica Jones because they canceled it before it even dropped, and I'm just like, well, I don't want to watch it. I, I, I haven't seen it because it was just like, I don't know. I guess it'd be a bit of the same feeling of Justice League, but here's the deal with Justice League and what I do, and and I'm 100% restore the Snyderverse, but if you when you get to the epilogue, if you if you stop the epilogue before it switches to the um, I don't know, like the Lex Luthor scene or something, mm-hmm. that's a pretty tight ending. Yeah, they're the Justice League. They're out there saving people. The Flash is happy. Superman's flying off, and you just kind of stop it there. Although I would really want the Martian Manhunter scene. Mm-hmm. I feel like the uh, Nightmare and the um, Lex Luthor thing were were mid credit post credit scenes, but since he wanted to do his that song for his his daughter. Um, they didn't want to break that up. That would have been weird. Sure. <laughs> but anyway, that was another tangent. So yeah, Shang Chi. I know nothing. So that's actually kind of cool for me. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't think I'm just anyone go does. in that and and see what it's. And then now it's the same thing with me and the Eternals. Um, from my like, if I'm going to make a noob guess, the Eternals are somewhat MCU's version of the New Gods. Um, in a manner of speaking. Um, so let me, let me double check this before I run my mouth about it. Um, because if I'm not mistaken, the Eternals, um, that run, um, in a previous episode, you you were, um, saying some good things about Brian Michael Bendis because we're reading the house of M Mm -hmm. and, um, if I'm not mistaken, I mean, he's the one that wrote that penned the Eternals, uh-huh. Um, read well, it yeah, the not new terribly long permit, ago. So, <laughs> um, so yeah, it's similar kind of vein. I mean, the Eternals are. Are we going to get these... to see a younger Thanos? Is he related to that? Like no. the same way Darkseid is to the? No, there's no. no. There's no, 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 no parallel. No, no. Yeah, no. There's no oh. uh, relation there. Um, the Eternals are essentially immortal. They're human beings in a sense, but they were sort of endowed as sort of, um, you know, what's a good word, sort of security guards over the earth just to sort of be stewards or kind of... Um, like the Green Lantern Corps. Yeah, but specifically for humanity, earth. for Earth, right? And um, the Celestials, these enormously powerful, gigantic beings that just fly around in space had supposedly had something to do with, um, you know, the, in the comics, Right, sort of the origins of life on Earth, certainly sentient life, and they, I think, endowed some of these. They they picked a handful of people and like tell you what we're going to make you immortal. You're super powerful. Just hang out here and keep an eye on things. We'll be back in about two point four million years. See ya. That kind of thing. And oh, I, well, I that should be. I, well, I mean, you got half the cast of Game of Thrones in it, so that that should be. Yeah. And you know that's probably Warner Brothers' fault. Warner Brother is having. They're going to have. They're going to have trouble keeping a hold of their people if they don't start treating them right. 
Um, there were a couple quick things I want to talk about that I've heard from Justice Con. I haven't seen it all yet. This was a busy weekend. Mm-hmm. Um, and Justice Con, for those that aren't familiar, because I, I, I imagine uh, a few of our, we're up to 42 subscribers now. I'll quit counting after we, we hit 100. Um, uh, Justice Con is, um, it started last year and it is in essence what used to, they used to, they had a thing called Snyder Con once and Zack Snyder hosted a screening of, uh, like, uh, Dawn of the Dead and Man of Steel and Batman v Superman and Watchmen and over a weekend. And he talked about the movies with people. And this is a continuation of that, except it happened post, post, uh, I don't want to say the word because freaking Google will grab it and think we're capitalizing off of a sensitive situation. But anyway, after that, and everyone's at home watching these things online. These, um, these fine people, they are referred to the, the, um, uh, Nana and Cole are the nerd Queens and they are, and Meg who's wonder Meg. They, um, were some of the original, like if you ever saw that picture of the release, the Snyder cut, when it first started happening, like a month or two, the comic con right after, the theatrical cut drop. They're the people, okay. the very first. Um, and they've ended up becoming friends with uh, Zack Schneider. So, Ooh. and Zack is very supportive of this. So they had this Justice Con, and the first one was actually more talked about and had more views than the online Comic Con. Wow. It, it destroyed it. Yeah. <laughs> um, well, and they, you know, Zach's on this one. Uh, Ray Fisher did one. Harry Lennox did 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 a panel. I've seen the Zach Snyder panel so far, and in the Zach Snyder panel, Chris Terrio shows up, and he is the writer of Batman v Superman and mm-hmm. um, uh, Zach Snyder's Justice League. Um, Was this the guy that wrote Argo? He wrote Argo, um, yeah. and that's and the the story. There was an article recently that Chris Terrio put out pretty much bashing Warner brothers, but the story of how he got on Batman v Superman is um, when Ben got the, uh, wow, Siri, when Ben got the draft (laughs) of the script, Ben Affleck got the draft of the script. He's like, no. So he called Chris Terrio and Chris Terrio did a page one rewrite and him and Zach became great friends because of that. Uh, They work well together because Chris Terrio doesn't write short stories. Um, The, uh, Rise of the Skywalker or Rise of Skywalker. I can't remember the name of the movie. Um, it was a fun movie. It was a good Star Wars movie. Uh, but I got the same feeling from it that I got from stuff like Godzilla versus Kong and the theatrical release of Batman versus Superman or V Superman is there was more. I felt like there was more in Rise of the Skywalker. And Chris Terrio has been very quiet since what that. What do you mean by that? It felt rushed mean- to me felt condensed. It felt edited. Okay. I see. Because Chris Terrio's stories are always deep character dives and, and, you know, uh, Finn's character, there seemed to be a whole subplot of him that was reduced to, I got to tell you about something. I got to tell you about something. And then at the very end, it's revealed with like, no, and then you felt like there was more there, you know, that Finn was force sensitive, I think was what it ended up being. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, without question. I felt like something got cut, you know, it just felt cut. You know, release I guess, a Terrio cut. <laughs> yeah, I I, my I think my end thoughts on that were they had to leave us with a sense at the end of the film that 
Um, you still have force sensitive people in the world. You've got heroes mm-hmm. out there. And now you've got Ray who oh, yeah, sure. um, kind of has her head screwed on straight and feels like, you know, she has become a Jedi. And now you've got, there's a sense of potential for, for people in the Star Wars universe at the end Correct. of the film, you feel and like, I'm- okay, this is the conclusion of a story arc, but for people that want to feel like, you know, the, the story could go on into the future. No, I'm not disputing that. I'm saying there was more to it before that. Chris Terrio doesn't just drop that like that. That's not the way he writes. I mean, if you've seen like Bat BVS, the ultimate edition is 30 minutes of extra story. Right. For instance, they cut out how they blamed <laughs> Superman for the, um, the attack at the beginning of the movie. Okay. where they were like flame throwing everyone. They cut important Pete little pieces out. And I feel that's how I felt after rise of Skywalker loved the movie, but I felt, I feel like there's another 30 minutes out there that <clears throat> binds it all together. So he comes on and talks a lot about that. Uh, the big drop here is that uh, Warner brothers wouldn't let Zach use the green lantern. Um, it was supposed to be two green lanterns at the end of justice league. It was supposed to be um, John Stewart, and uh, kill. Oh, now see, I was saying it right all earlier. Kilowog, Kilowog, yep. Um, Kilowog. Let's see if I can get on the first try. <laughs> they uh, he someone dropped the concept art for him, and I know that's the one from Ryan Reynolds. Mm-hmm. Shoot, they kind of made him look like oh, there it is, except someone colorized it for some reason. Here is okay. uh, yeah. And that, and he was supposed to be open image in new tab so we can make it bigger. He was supposed to be in it um, with a non-speaking role behind Jon Stewart there. Um, and actually he is in Justice League. They show him during um, that future thing. He's the dead Green Lantern. Okay. In the future. Yep. But yeah, so um, I'll, I'll post the link for this justice con, because if you really want to, you know, Zach talk, Zach and Chris Terrio, they talk, there's Chris Terrio. They talk straight up for an hour and four minutes. And it's, it's, it's just all these little things about justice league and, and all the ideas they have and how it was supposed to be this mythic thing. So uh, that's it. That's it for that. I figure (laughs) we, 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 we probably need to, to get on some Falcon and winter soldier. Okay. And we're back to we are. Disney Plus, Marvel, um, Falcon and Winter Soldier, Episode 5. Yeah, one more. Wow. Um, I hope this it's season long. Does not <laughs> disappoint. It was long. Yeah. Um, there was a point at which I felt like, okay, now that it's going to fade to black and it's going to be the end of the episode. And I had pause and I was like, yeah, we have 18, 20 minutes left. Um, it was great. Um, you remember to watch through the credits this time because I figured since this was the yes. penultimate episode, there was all, now they're going to start having mid credit scenes. So of course they are. Um, yeah. So um, something that we maybe kind of predicted. I think everyone saw this coming. Honestly, I, I don't. I'm not taking credit for anything here. I'm pretty sure everyone saw that um, John Walker's character was unstable from from an uh, an early point and we saw in the previous episode that 
to me anyway, it seemed very obvious that he has this sort of inadequacy, these feelings of inferiority. And in order to live up to um, being able to carry the shield, to call himself Captain America, he needs to be enhanced. He needs to be superhuman. And it seemed that once he became aware that there was super soldier serum floating around out there somewhere, that's, that's his number one priority. Doesn't matter what he's got to do. He's going to get his hands on one of those vials and lo and behold, um, and it, who was it that said this in the episode? I mean, I think it came up in the, in the conversations between, um, Sam and Bucky and Zemo, um, this whole argument of, you know, does power corrupt, um, taking the super soldier serum perhaps yeah, just so. makes you more of what you already are, which is something going all the way back to, um, Captain America, the first oh, Avenger. Maybe that was, uh, Walker and his friend, um, yeah. uh, um, yes. Battlestar. Battlestar. Um, can't remember the soldier's name. I should know these character names off the top of my head. But yeah, the fact that it's going to make you, it's not going to make you different. It's going to make you more of what you already are. Whatever's already there is going to come to the front. Actually, and, we both get to drink some tea. I get to drink oh. some tea, literally, and the, the serum <clears throat> is ingested. <laughs> you just drink it. They They stated that at some point in the episode. Did they? Did I yeah. miss that? Oh my! I'm gonna it have to just watch hit it again. me. I think I want to say it was when. Jeez, I, I remember. Maybe it was when Zemo was talking to to Bucky, and someone said something about drinking it. I remember it went by like a flash. Um, and you get to drink tea, and the the very first thing that happens in the episode is that they fight. And oh, sure, it is. It's Fantastic. a good fight that that uh, that felt like marvel can be hit and miss on its fight choreography and this was a hit yeah 100 percent, indeed it was um, brutal walker has a now superhuman strength agility reflexes durability all that good stuff um yeah i i was i was nervous for sam, sam got his the whole thing. yeah now we and his again yeah, so I, I made a comment early on that in the very first episode, we got a couple of scenes where the Falcon doing his thing, some kind of aerial combat and get to, and my one complaint of the show so far in that vein has been, it was, it was early on, we got to see this really cool scene of the Falcon doing some really cool stuff. And I feel like the whole show, we've had this huge you know, section here in the middle where Sam's just been walking around in a leather jacket in blue jeans, not really seeing much action. Um, it's okay. Just so we finally get to see him fight in this scene and they're not even aerial necessarily, right? They're in this warehouse. Um, but still he holds his own. Um, right. I think this is a little bit of a, in a way it's kind of foreshadowing. It's something that we're going to be left ask, asking the question, um, you know, everybody's holding their breath to get to see the new and improved Wakandan designed, you know, Falcon suit. And he's going to have the shield on. And, you know, that's I think we're going to get that in oh, next week's episode. You, I mean, I'm assuming that's what's in the box. Oh, absolutely. They never showed us that's what's in the box. Absolutely. It, it, yeah, that's, that's got to be. Yeah, that's coming. But is but, it going to be Wakandan looking or is it going to be like the one from the comics where it looks like the Captain America suit with wings? We'll see. 
We'll see. But the point I'm trying to make here is we had a conversation early on in the show about um, can you, you know, using the shield and throwing it around and we got to see some of that, right? Maybe the shield is very, it's very light, right? Maybe you don't have to be superhuman, clearly, to yeah. throw that so thing around. Have and boomerang properties too. It's, I mean, vibranium, I always, whenever they say vibranium, I always think it's like something like you can... If you like hit it with a hammer, it's going to like have some sort of effect. And it seemed like it, when you throw it, it bounces off things and it's very aerodynamic. But I mean, it right. was designed by an aerospace engineer. Right. And for the sake of conversation, <laughs> yeah, I, you know, it's one of these things where your willing suspension of disbelief has to be able to kind of come to grips with some sort of fantasy oh, element right some kind a of whole movie later of captain boomerang it's gonna get right. even more <laughs> well uh, you know the physics of the whole thing here's at least in my mind i feel like these scenes where they show sam throwing it around and it's bouncing off the trees right they put a bunch of football pads and stuff on it i think it seems to ricochet in a very predictable way mm -hmm. let's just leave it at that right it seems like you can practice with it a little bit and you can get it to fly and bounce off of things in a very predictable way as mm -hmm. far as the angles and everything is it. But finally, my, the point I'm trying to make is um, if Sam's so good at using the wingsuit at this point, he's highly trained, right? He, he maneuvers with that thing so well and uses it so well that he doesn't have to be a, a super soldier. Correct. And actually you notice when he was training, he was training doing like flips and stuff. Yeah. And that seems to be his, he's going to be more like a ninja or something. So, right. It's, um, so. Yeah, he definitely doesn't scene, be a super soldier if he has Bucky as his sidekick. Yeah. I think we got off talking about this because that whole fight scene, I was nervous. For, there was a brief moment where I was like, oh, oh no, Sam's going to get his back broken or a leg cracked in half. That would have been right? very roadie. Gonna, yeah. <laughs> um, but he, he holds his own until you know, John Walker just snaps, right? And they, they eventually just have to, um, they overcome him because it's two against one, basically. Um, mm -hmm. He lays the smack down on Bucky and he finally comes to and, and is able to um, essentially rescue Sam. Um, so. Yeah, it was a good fight. Actually, I could just go back and watch that fight again. <laughs> and in the wake of that, we see... Um, that the video of him murdering a guy in the middle of Latvia or Prague, wherever they were, right? He just murders a man in the streets with a shield. Um, he's court-martialed and given a dishonorable discharge. And they basically tell him, you're lucky you're not in prison. Um, mm -hmm. He's very bitter about the whole situation because he feels like he, at the very least, doesn't have 100% of the blame for the whole thing. Um, but we're not sure if anyone else, actually, I think we, we can reasonably say that no one else knows that he took the serum except in this screenshot you just had open there a second ago, we, we get introduced very, very briefly, um, to, uh, Julia Louise Dreyfus's character who, um, I had to go hair. Absolutely. And I had to go. So I immediately suspected that this was Madame Hydra and that she introduces herself. And I had to go look up some of the history of this Fontaine uh, character. 
and I think that's what we're, I think that's what we're supposed to think here, right? This is some version of Medina. Yeah, Hydra. that seems to be like that seems to be the consensus. Like literally, it's the top article on Screen Rant. Yeah, and the purple streak you see here with the image. Um, she's got the streak mm-hmm. in her hair. That and it, yep. and this is apparently a more recent version because it, I think the article you sent me and that I read was um, that she was originally not a villain. She was originally yes. not Madame Hydra. She was the Contessa Valentina Allegra de Fontaine, which is fun to That's say. That's right. Yeah. Um, in the sixties, and uh, had a history with Nick Fury. Yeah, that could be interesting. She was a Russian. We haven't really seen Nick Fury's personal life. Yeah, um, she was a Cold um, War spy in the comics. Her original appearance in the comics, she was a Cold War spy, hooked up with Nick Fury. They fall in love, and they get this kind of clandestine you know, relationship going on behind the scenes, and they're both sort of global spies. Right. That's it's a the very kind of Bond, right there. kind of a James Bond type of plot, um, mm-hmm. in a way. But yeah, we um, something else that um, I brought up on a previous episode is, you know, the fate of Shield. Um, we are getting a version of Sword in the MCU, but what exactly is the fate of Nick Fury? All of the agents of Shield who, you know, weren't Hydra. Like, are we going to get some kind of return? The show of that? is if- still canon, which I'm not yeah. certain. And when I left off, the show was after uh, it was a couple seasons previous to its end, where the, um, <clears throat> at the end of the uh, um, uh, Ghost Rider storyline, they divided the season into like two storylines, and it was the first half of that season, and we just other shows came up and lost it. Yeah, Shield was kind of still was operating again. Very like, um, very small time, kind of in the background, and no one knew they existed. And right, <clears throat> I get the impression Nick Fury did, but I don't know that that's canon because, um, you know, they haven't mentioned it in any of the can definite canon stuff. But yeah, it does well, seem to open the door to bring Hydra back. <laughs> yeah, and so we get after looking into this. Um, I actually want to say that I had read about this or in looking at the cast early on for the forthcoming black widow movie. Um, I didn't know that. turns out where uh, the writers and the MCU folks, they, they got a flip flop here because the character was originally slated to make her appearance appearance in the black widow film that's coming. So they filmed scenes with her as Fontaine, Julia Louise Dreyfus as this character with the black widow film, but because of, um, you know, everything that's happened in 2020 and theaters being closed, right? The movie didn't get released, got delayed. So um, who knows if they'll go back and edit that, if it's going to be the same. Um, as that movie right. is essentially a flashback, right? It's going to happen previous chronologically. So, so it sets it, up whatever we're seeing here. Maybe, <laughs> yeah. So Maybe they make the adjustments here because she filmed this after <laughs> Black, Black Widow. Yeah. Um, and actually, after Black Widow was delayed, too. So it's quite I'm, possible that this will be the adjustment. The question is, is, will she be in the next episode? I guess we will have to wait and see. Yeah, yeah. Anxious about that. Um, curious to see if you have any thoughts on the blank business card. I thought I was seeing things. <laughs> well, and, and his wife... Maybe you hold it under a black light. Yeah, John's, maybe. Uh, John's wife said hey, there's nothing on it. It's blank. It was like white on one side and black on the other, I think, or maybe it was just solid black. 
Um, I think it was white on one side. Yeah. Maybe that's something he figures out in the next episode. Um, they got a lot to, they've opened. This is the penultimate episode penultimate being my favorite word. Um, they have started more storylines in the last two episodes than they have put. It doesn't seem like they're pushing to an end. It seems like they're pushing to a season two. Yeah. Well, I think Which, thank goodness they're not on Warner Brothers, so they probably will get a season two. <laughs> there's a there's a huge element of this episode that has been a thread popping up throughout the entire season, um, which is um, some really excellent commentary on you know things that I'm honestly not equipped to speak on as far as race and. Um, yeah. kind of the climate in different areas of the country in the United States and some of our very troubled history there. This whole scene is heartbreaking scene with Isaiah um, yeah. talking about what happened to him. Um, they experimented on him. They put him in prison for 30 years. They tried to bury him, right? They, they essentially sent his team off to die um, or they, they got captured rather and they're a POW camp and they're basically just going to, you know, shoot missiles at the camp, just try to bury the whole thing so that nobody would know. Um, and you like see the, Sam, um, uh, I think, struggling uh, to come to grips with the idea of can, you know, it, is the United States, or the, is can, can the U.S. get behind a black Captain America? Mm-hmm. Right. Is it is a big element of this. And, you know, I think we're we're all cheering for him and kind of thankful there at the end as he seems to have um, this whole experience with his sister. The community comes together and helps him rebuild the family fishing boat. Right. And it's this very cathartic yep. experience and then for it's, him. It's like, you know, him, Bucky pretend not to be friends, but look, Bucky comes yeah. back. He gets the thing from, and these are backwards, these slides. He goes yeah. to her and says, I need one more favor, and then brings him <laughs> that box. And he's pretending, he's like, I'm just giving you this box. He's like, oh, but I guess I'll stay and help you fix your boat. <laughs> that's right. I'll and stay then, here. I'll, hit, I'll flirt with your sister. That's and, right. Um, he says his sister. He's like, what's up? <laughs> that's funny. Um, but, well, I don't know. That's kind of funny. I kind of pictured that, that Bucky would end up being more like a Captain Jack type, maybe a a, a little bit on the uh, – he would be just as likely to flirt with uh, Sam as his sister, but I don't know. Maybe that's just the way Sebastian Stan plays him, but – Maybe. Love Captain oh. Jack. I have not seen the Doctor Who holiday special from this year. I need to watch that. But anyway, so back to this. So they've left us. Um. Oh, this this actor, and I am sorry, I do not know her name. Is very oh. hopeful that she will be in the Wakanda series, and I am too. She is she is very good. Yeah, uh, something that we were speculating on um, after watching the previous episode and this one. I don't know if we know this yet. This is a little bit of a tangent, but um, the slated forthcoming Black Panther sequel. And I yeah. think there's a lot of speculation there that one of the uh, Dora Milaje are potentially like, e- either, either it's going to be um, the character that played um, um, Okoye um, and I'm going to butcher the actress's from, name. Um, I, I, I'm, she us, played Michonne in The Walking Dead, right? And yeah, that's Denai Gurira. I thought of a better idea. Um or if it's going to be Shuri, you know, his sister. Oh, no, even better is, than Shuri. Um, from uh, 
the Oscar winner among all those. Uh, is that her? I can't tell. Oh, Le- Lupita Nyong'o. Um, yes, Lupita. Right. Yeah, yeah. Who was? Um, yeah. Um, yeah, she interest. she would be a fine <clears throat> choice. Yeah, she because, was a, um, twelve years a slave, I think. Because um, she's no yeah. longer. Yes, twelve years a slave. Thank you. Yeah. That was it. Yeah, yeah. Love that movie. She <clears throat> is no longer. Um, and, and say it, uh, Doma, Doma, um, Dorma. She was, she was a former member. Oh. Mm-hmm. Anyone can ch- show up and challenge, right? Oh, she's also the voice of Maz Kanata in, yeah. in the newer Star Wars movies. I didn't yeah. realize that. <laughs> uh, yeah, I was just looking at her on IMDb. Okay. Uh, that would be a surprise choice, I think. That would be the, wow, what? Yeah. <laughs> so, um, the Dora Milaje. Um, Dora Milaje. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This is sort of like the, the, I guess, kind of the King's Guard, the sort of elite, um, you know, Wakandan um, uh, military force. I don't know what you call them. They're this squad of, you know, the most elite sort of warriors mm-hmm. um, there. Um, and so I think a lot of people speculate that one of them is going to step forward and become the new Black Panther. And we were kind of talking about that after this. Again, they show up. Um, they, they, um, you know, Bucky pulls a fast one on us. We think he's going to execute Zemo and, uh, you know, pulls the trigger. There's no bullets in the gun. It's like, psych, gotcha. And then they show up to cart him off to the raft, which the raft is still a place. Um, yep. We we last saw that at the end of Civil War, mm-hmm. post credit scene um, where Steve shows up to bust them all out. Um, yeah. So the raft is still a place. Maybe that'll pop up again in a future MCU as a location. Um, <clears throat> and that brings us to there. There's one part we haven't talked about yet, and this is what's going on with the Flag Smashers, and they That's were right. sympathetic. Up until um, this episode, and now they have gotten in league with um, some kind of mercenary or something. And apparently, the stuff they're going to be doing is that's Batroc, right? Uh, the French sort of um, commando mercenary guy. We first saw his character in um, Captain America and the Winter Soldier, right? The second Captain America uh-huh. film. He was with the Hydra agents, um, or at least the Hydra plot where they were pulling strings from behind the scenes. Um, that makes me wonder. Batroc was on the boat, right? They take oh, yeah. control of this ship in international waters, and then Steve and the whole S.H.I.E.L.D. team, they parachute in um, and take that control was, of the boat back. That was the other really great choreographed fight, Steve yes. versus the guy on the boat. Yeah. Um, so maybe that's the same Hydra guy. Is- pushing them into this then maybe that it's kind of like a Lex Luthor situation where Hydra, that this is all going according to plan. So I guess we'll find out. Right. I, I feel <clears throat> like if nothing is resolved, I don't feel like we're going to get a resolution to the John Walker story. I think that this whole season is going to be like his origin. Um, when they're setting him up for the future. Um, but the flag smashers, I feel like that is the story that can be resolved. Um, uh, this week, I, I think. Well, I'm wondering if we're going to see a version of U.S. agent. You know, we've we mentioned that in previous episodes. Who is John Walker? And there is this precedent with the comics that he was a, a foe 
Captain yeah, America. Yeah, they already made his outfit in the beginning. Kind of looked like America. that. It had yeah. the A and stuff. Yeah. In the comics, it's black. And I think he did have a shield that wasn't actually Cap's shield. Right. It was. Um, I, it makes me wonder if he's going to call um, Madame Hydra, supposedly. Um, the Fontaine, uh, De Fontaine character, and she's going to hook him up with some new gear, and he's going to show up with this sort of, uh, you know, s- super villain version of Captain America, right? Where he's going to yeah. be black, and he's got some chromed out shield, um, and he's going to end up having this sort of shield duel with um, Sam. Well, I don't know how Bucky long is the last episode, episode supposed to be? Because if it's mm. only going to be an hour, then and, um, that's a lot to happen. Know. I don't think we know how long it's going to be. We don't know that until they post it. HBO would do that. They would they would give you the episode synopsis in length. I oh. remember that for Game of Thrones. They're like, ooh, the last episode's going to be an hour and 15 minutes. Yay. Oh, yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> People would get excited over it being five <laughs> minutes longer than normal. Well, good. Well, so we're stoked. I'm stoked for for this uh, finale. I it, it feels short. Like I said, I'm, I'm, I'm hoping for season two. Personally, I, I feel like that's where the direction they're going. Um, whereas with Obi-Wan, that's supposed to be a... I'm pretty sure that's supposed to be a one-off, one-season thing. That type yeah. of thing. I think WandaVision was supposed to be a one-season thing. Um, that makes sense. 